Heavenly Father, we thank you that we are here in this place today uh, to hear from you. And I pray that you would strengthen our faith today in you. Uh, that we would be a people who walk not, not by sight, uh, but in the, the truth of your promises and the truth of your word. Uh, Lord, I ask that your word would enter into our hearts in a very profound way today. And that as uh, the seed of the word of God is planted within our hearts, I pray that it would, uh, that it would grow and that it would flourish and that it would make a difference in our world. Uh, Lord, we thank you that you meet us here today. Lord, I don't know what people are going through today. Lord, these are your children. Uh, you know every situation. You know every difficulty that uh, uh, individuals here today are facing. And I pray that you would meet each and every one of us here today in this place. Uh, that we would once again see you for who you are and what you have accomplished on our behalf. So help us to be children of the promise. Children uh, who build our lives upon uh, the promise of what you have done for us and of what you have made us in Christ Jesus. Uh, Lord, we thank you that it's uh, by grace, through faith, it's not of ourselves, that we have a right relationship with you. And so, Lord, I pray that we would live that out uh, in obedience to you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, it's good to see you here this morning. I invite you to stand once again for the reading of our gospel lesson. And I'm going to read a uh, somewhat familiar parable to us today. Here Jesus is teaching. And Jesus, uh, in Matthew chapter 13, beginning with verse 31, Jesus told them another parable. He said, The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. Though it is the smallest of all seeds, yet when it grows, it is the largest of, of garden plants and becomes a tree, so that the birds come and perch in its branches. He told them still another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into about 60 pounds of flour until it worked all through the dough. In verse 34, Jesus spoke these things to the crowds in parables. He did not say anything to them without using a parable. So was fulfilled what was spoken through the prophet. I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter things hidden since the creation of the world. This is the gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. In our gospel lesson today, Jesus gives uh, two uh, object lessons, uh, two object lessons which teach us about the kingdom of heaven. Uh, first, the, the first object is the mustard seed, which is planted in the garden, and the next is the leaven, or the yeast, which is worked through really a massive batch of dough, 60 pounds of flour. Both are small. Both seem insignificant. Neither of them really seem like they're worth very much. But in the end, they, they do so much. And they're of great worth. And here's the thing, God uses the seemingly insignificant to accomplish great things. You know, we're a people who are just addicted to, to big things, to big events, to big flashy, shiny things. But God, he uses what it seems so insignificant, that which is of little worth to accomplish great things. So just think of Jesus. Think of the humble beginnings of Jesus' life. 
How did the kingdom of God on earth begin? How did Christ's kingdom start? How did his rule and his reign in our world begin? Well, the Lord chose a humble young woman named Mary. Now, Mary was, was, you know, compared to, to all of the people in the land, was really not all that significant to people. She was extremely significant to God, and that's what really mattered. But, but, she, but, but God chose her, Mary, and God did the miraculous in her womb. And the virgin conceived and gave birth to the Son of God, to the Messiah, to the King of Kings, and to the Lord of Lords. And then think, where did his birth take place? Where did his birth take place? It, he wasn't born in a royal palace. He wasn't even born in the part of the house where people live. Jesus was born in a stable. He was born in the part of the house where the animals were kept. And then they laid him in a manger. Humble beginnings. But Jesus, as King of kings and Lord of lords, accomplished great things. So Jesus, we can think of Jesus as that mustard seed. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed which a man took and planted in his field. The kingdom of God is the rule and the reign of Jesus Christ. His kingdom did not begin with royal pomp and proclamations. His rule and reign began in great humility. Who came to celebrate his birth? Shepherds. Shepherds came to celebrate his birth. Within that society, shepherds didn't have high standing. They were like the, the hillbillies or the hicks of the day. And then Jesus, where did he grow up? In what town did Jesus grow up? He grew up in Nazareth. And when the disciple Nathanael heard that Jesus, the Nazarene, was being called Messiah, Nathanael said, Nazareth? Nazareth? Can anything good come from Nazareth? You see, Jesus grew up in a town in a neighborhood with a bad reputation. He didn't grow up on the right side of the tracks. Nathaniel thought, I, I know the type of people that come from Nazareth. I know that type of people. Messiah couldn't possibly come from Nazareth. And then Jesus began his ministry. It, it, it grew rapidly. He, he performed mighty signs, wonders, and miracles. He preached amazing sermons. But his ministry wasn't received by the high and mighty of society. His congregation was a ragtag group of insignificant people. He had no political or religious uh, uh, power players within his church. He chose 12 ordinary, extremely ordinary men and women. He chose people with a bad reputation, with a background. His congregation consisted of drunks, 
prostitutes, tax collectors, and a whole host of very ordinary men, women, and children. And anyone within uh, any sort of high standing within society who, who followed Jesus, they followed him secretly because they didn't want their reputation ruined by association with Jesus. So think of Nicodemus. He followed Jesus secretly. He came to Jesus at night because he didn't want to be seen with Jesus. Then when Jesus' darkest hour came, he was arrested and he was left alone. Nobody was there with him. Everyone who followed him abandoned him. Peter denied him. Judas betrayed him. They scattered in fear, afraid of, of the Jewish authority. Then he was arrested, he was mocked, he was beaten, he was put on trial, he was whipped, and then he was nailed to a cross. And where did they hang him? Between two criminals. The Romans uh, played a, a betting game, a gambling game, to see who would get his cloak. And then upon the cross, his father turned his face. Because upon the cross, there he hung, absorbing your sin and my sin and the sin of humanity. One of the things I remember from Pastor Dave Christensen when he was my pastor for a little while in Marysville. So he asked the question, and I know he was many of your pastors here, he asked the question, who was the biggest sinner who ever lived? It was actually Jesus. In that moment upon the cross, not that he sinned, not that he did anything offensive to God, he became the biggest sinner in the world and that he absorbed, he took on all of your sin and all of my sin. In love, he did that for us. And he suffered the punishment that we deserve. And Jesus breathed his last upon the cross. They, there he hung dead and they pierced him with a spear. And from that came blood and water. So we look at Jesus and we ask, how can a dead Messiah accomplish great things? How can a, a dead Messiah provide anything of worth to us? Great and mighty things happened during Jesus' three-year ministry. He performed mighty signs, wonders, and miracles. People were amazed at his teaching. However, it seemed as if all was lost when they nailed his body to the cross. And then they sealed him in a borrowed tomb. Here's the thing, church, like a mustard seed, Jesus was buried. But what happens when you bury a seed? 
It might not happen fast. It's not instantaneous. I remember planting zinnia seeds with my little daughter, Rebecca. She's probably about four years old. We planted the seeds one day. We put them in the ground. We watered them. She woke up the next morning and she went out to the place where the seeds were planted expecting to see flowers. It's not the way seeds work. It took time. A seed seems like an insignificant thing, but it's a mighty and powerful thing. A seed has unexpected worth. When they buried Jesus, he lay in the ground for three days. But then on the third day, he rose from the dead. He came out of the grave victorious as King of kings and Lord of lords. Jesus came out of the tomb with power and authority to forgive you all of your sins, to give you new life, So today you're a new creation in Christ Jesus. You too are born again. There's new life in you which will grow and flourish. A seed's something that seems insignificant but is of great worth. It provides something good. A seed is unimpressive but it's of great worth. When a little seed is planted, it grows, and the birds of the air come and perch in its branches. The birds find rest in the protection and shade which has grown out of the ground. And the same is true of our resurrected Savior, Jesus. He was buried in the ground. Three days later, He came out of the ground, and today we find, we find our rest, and we find our peace, and we find our protection in Him. So I ask you today, do you have that peace, that peace that surpasses understanding? That peace which says, I know that my sins are forgiven. I know that my relationship with God is restored. You have peace with God today? If you don't have peace with God today, I I pray that you'll find peace in Him because He's a good Savior. He forgives you of your sins and He comes alongside you. He walks with you. He even carries you. He picks you up and He takes you through the darkest hours of life. And maybe you know Jesus is your Savior, but I ask you the question, are you resting in Him? Are you resting in in the shelter and the protective cover of His care today? Rest there today. You know what it is. You know what it means to rest in Him. Because you've been there. Problem is, as we get out from underneath that place of peace and protection and provision, because we think, I think I know the right way. And I make a mess of things. Rest in Him. Jesus says in John 14, 27, He says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. Do, I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. 
rest in his peace. Church, the kingdom of heaven, the rule and reign of Jesus is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. Though it is the smallest of all seeds, yet when it grows, it is the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree, so that the birds come and perch in its branches. I pray that today you find your rest in Jesus. His kingdom is a mighty kingdom of grace and peace for all who will trust in him and rest in him. Then verse 33, 1333, he told them still another parable, the kingdom of heaven is like yeast, like leaven, that a woman took and mixed into 60 pounds of flour until it worked all through the dough. Once again, like a small seed, yeast seems so unimpressive. It's, it's small, yet it does great things and it's of great worth. Not only is, is Jesus, his rule and reign, the kingdom, but we're called to scatter, to spread the yeast or the leaven of the gospel around the world. We're called by Christ to scatter the yeast of the gospel around the world. The only way the kingdom of God expands upon the earth is through the message of the gospel. That is the good news that is in Christ Jesus. The message of his life, his death, and his resurrection for the salvation of all who repent and believe in him. There are many ways in which people attempt to expand God's kingdom upon the earth. People rely on dynamic leadership, powerful programs, or entertaining church services. They think that if we can get the right formula, then God's kingdom will expand. There's nothing wrong with those things. However, the only power that will truly expand God's kingdom upon the earth is the simple message of Jesus. Of His life, His death, and His resurrection. That's the only thing that will expand His kingdom upon the earth. And when we go forth as His faithful disciples, sharing the good news of Jesus, it works like yeast in a batch of dough. It's not a flashy thing. Have you ever tried watching yeast work in a batch of dough? It's probably one of the most boring things you'd ever see. But you leave the the dough and the bowl on the table in a warm place and you come back and see it works. Doing something, it's not a flash in the pan type of thing. It's a slow and quiet thing that has mighty results in our world. And that is the the work of the gospel today. Right now, our missionaries in Chad, Africa are working to sprinkle the leaven of the gospel among unreached people groups. What is happening in Africa is proof that the gospel works slowly and quietly to expand his kingdom. So a couple of weeks ago, I read this message from our missionary, David Narvison, and he, he sent this message. We thank, we thank you all for your continued 
prayers for our work here in Chad, Africa. Uh, David and Sonia have been called to our mission field in, in Chad, Africa, where they're working amongst an unreached people group. People who have no Christian witness, no church whatsoever. And it says, lately we've been having some really good conversations with people who come to hear the gospel. One young man came here the other day and we got into a conversation about how Jesus welcomes the little children. And David says, I really didn't think this would be much of a revelation, but he was astounded by it. And he was so happy to hear this and explained, David, this makes me so happy to hear. I'm just a kid myself, and to know that Jesus will accept me with such little knowledge is wonderful to know. Another young man, in, in talking about prayer, asked me if it was okay for him to pray, yet even though he wasn't at the level of a Quranic teacher. Now these are, are Muslim people that they're working about. And, and our missionary explained to him that of course he could. Jesus doesn't care how much teaching we have, but our Father wants to hear our needs and to care for us. David said, I also had opportunity to share with him the Lord's Prayer, which he was so thankful to have. Then he said, our, our partner, Pastor Alano, in a town just east of us, has recently been discipling a man who was professing faith in Jesus after hearing the word. Now listen to this. They came to our house this last Sunday. This was just weeks ago. And we held our first ever church service, first ever church service in the Full Bay language. They've been there a long time working. And they had their first service. Just a small group of people. Doesn't seem very impressive, does it? Just a small group of people. It doesn't have to be large or magnificent or flashy or entertaining to be powerful. Wherever two or three are gathered, there's the body of Christ. Their first ever church service in the full bay language. That is big. Afterwards, he talked about the truth he has found in the Bible and how it surpasses anything he has known up till now. And then one thing that they all talk about, one common thing, is fear. He says there's a lot of fear right now among them because of what their family and villages would do if they found out about their faith. Here's what these new believers face. Beatings. Having their family taken away. Not being able to find a wife. Being kicked out of the village. All of these, they're not out of the realm of possibility. And some of them have even left, uh, have even felt these persecutions already. So David says, pray for them. Would you pray for them, church? Pray for them that God would strengthen and give them peace. Pray for all of us as well as we navigate how best to strengthen these people and help them in difficult yet joyous times. The seed of the gospel, the, the leaven of the gospel, it's working. It's working within our community. It's working within you. It's working in Chad, Africa. It's working in Asia. We are simply called as his faithful disciples to scatter the yeast, the leaven of the gospel. So I ask you this question today. Are you spreading 
this good news? Are you speaking of this good news to others? Is there an unbeliever in your life for whom you are praying? Somebody in your life that needs to hear this good news. Well, I encourage you, ask the Lord to give you an opportunity to share how much Jesus means to you. Pray for an opportunity to share how the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus is affecting your life today. Each and every one of us, we have an opportunity to to sprinkle, to spread this good news of the kingdom, of the rule, and of the reign of Jesus within our world. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we give to you thanks and we give to you praise for the work that you are doing here. We thank you for the work that you're doing around the world. I thank you that you do indeed reign as King of kings and of Lord of lords. You reign in our hearts and our minds. You give to us the assurance of the forgiveness of our sins. You give us your peace which surpasses understanding. You give to us all things that are needed each and every day. We thank you for this, Lord. I pray, Heavenly Father, that we would not be a people who keep it to ourselves. But that we would be a people who spread the good news of the kingdom of Jesus within this community and around the world. We do pray for our brothers and sisters in Chad, Africa. We thank you for the small congregation that is now formed. Oh, Heavenly Father, help them. Help them in the midst of persecution. Help them, Heavenly Father, in the midst of every difficulty that they'll face in following you. Though we thank you for the salvation, for the peace, for the truth that you brought to them. And I pray that in Chad, Africa, among the Fulbe people, that the leaven of the gospel would continue to expand and grow to the benefit of those people, not only today, but for eternity. So in Jesus' name we pray. And all of God's children say, Amen. Amen.